Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Reserve, Haggerty's podcast about the enthusiast car market. We're here to help you make sense of the market, whether you're buying, selling, or just watching. Now, this week, the deals are here. We highlight several recent bargains, including a Dodge Stealth, BMW Z3, and a very well-bought Ferrari Dino. We're also looking forward to several cars that are currently for sale, including two wagons, a Mercedes and a Buick, a squeaky clean Mazda RX-8, and a Bug-Eye Sprite race car. It is definitely buying season. I'm Larry Webster, editor of Haggerty Media, and I'm joined by Dave Kinney, publisher of the Haggerty Price Guide. Now, between the two of us, we've got decades of experience buying, selling, and driving the cars we love. Plus, we don't just guess at the values. We're backed by the data of the Haggerty Valuation Tools. All right, let's get into it. It's Wednesday, September 20th. We are almost to change over to fall. You know, I always have mixed feelings about this. Um, I love summer, but fall is a nice time to drive. But something big happened. Jimmy Buffett passed, and you pitched a piece to Haggerty Media. And I, I'd really like you to explain to the audience what you wanted to talk about. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Larry. Um, so I'm a pre-parrot head Jimmy Buffett fan. I've been a, I've been a fan for a long, long time. And uh, uh, he died on Friday before Labor Day. And I woke up that morning and... Uh, you know, uh, started thinking about Jimmy Buffett, thinking about the times that he and I crossed each other's paths, even though I never ah. met him, but it was all over automobiles. Uh, it was, uh, friends of mine who were in the car business who had bought and sold cars from Jimmy Buffett. And then an auction that I went to where one of his cars was for sale. Uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of felt like it was my duty to go ahead and raise my hand to, to do this story for Haggerty. And it's, it's been very well received by people. Um, uh, Buffett was a car guy, but not you would think a multimillionaire slash billionaire type of car guy. He liked fun stuff. So he had a Falcon Sprint convertible. He had a, a Nash Metropolitan. And uh, uh, a friend of mine who actually sold him the Nash Metropolitan didn't realize that it showed up in one of his songs. Uh, you know, those are you... weird cars. I mean, yeah, I, know. I, know. I guess but, this is you know, painted. Now, his was painted like a pastel green. Yeah, but if you the, li yeah. now keep in mind that that color is the same color that's on his uh, uh, custom yacht that he had made, and it's not some you know ten thousand foot one. It's a fun you know fun boat that he had commissioned uh, that he used uh, for the last few years. So anyhow, it's kind of a recurring theme of his color. But if you lived in Key West, a Nash Metropolitan actually makes sense because you're not going to run into any interstate traffic or anything like that. It's just a fun convertible cruiser, as is a uh, uh, you know a Ford Falcon. So it was really my honor to write this story uh, and to talk to some of the people who had uh, you know dealt with him and 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 met with him. Not one person had a bad thing to say. They all said that if you knew his music, you knew him. And uh, so. You know, it, it was a feel good thing for me. I think a lot of people got a, a lot of fun out of knowing that Jimmy Buffett was just like the rest of us, a car guy. Everybody's a car person, you know, and it, and they touch people in different ways. And he was smart enough to understand that this is a hobby to enjoy, not to fuss over. And it sounds like that's what he was doing. Is that fair? Yeah. I yeah. couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, that's a good segue. You had a theme for this week uh, that I really appreciate you bringing up. And, um, you know, Jimmy Buffett's cars were kind of regular, everyday cars. And then a lot of the material we're seeing on Haggerty Media sort of follows that theme. And this idea of, uh, you know, really everyday cars. You know, you brought up the point that we're in a bit of a lull in the auction season, so we're not seeing big million-dollar sales, right? Absolutely. This is the time where... 
the regular car guy gets to shine as far as I'm concerned. And when I'm talking regular car guys, I'm talking about some cars that we're, you know, that we're going to talk about here that we've got a, a, a 12 year old who saved his money to buy an MGB at 16. And this is a story on Haggerty Media that it's up there right now. Uh, you know, that's about the passion and the hobby. And it's not about the money and everybody, you know, after a while you go, it's just millionaires chasing this and billionaires chasing that. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. Uh, you know, they might make the headlines. Uh, but, you know, so we, we have a couple stories here that are fun reads for people who, you know, might have been in the same situation. I mean, I remember, you know, just dreaming about owning my first car when I was 12 years old. And, uh, you know, that passion, it drives all of us. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I don't know how many times 12 years old right now. And I've got a birthday oh. coming up here, too. So but you never forget it. Yeah, this guy, uh, Peter Cosmides, I mean, what an interesting person. And, you know, this is one of those folks you meet through the car world. And like you said, he's at 12, decided he wants an MG. And, you know, at 12, has the fortitude and the stick to it enough to save up for four years. And he buys a new MGB. And he still has it. I mean, amazing. That car, would you say, did it change his life, Dave? Well, that's what he says. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it, it put him on a trajectory towards, uh, uh, you know, towing towards having cars and doing cars. He says, uh, the MG shaped my life as far as my hobby, my friends, and even my vocation. Uh, he had a British car restoration business, uh, you know, that he retired from just a few years ago. So, you know, I mean, this is all, you know, we forget this stuff at our peril is, is what I say. So what we need to do instead of forget it is to celebrate it. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point because on our YouTube channel, there is a story of the snowball dirt track car that, um, uh, Haggerty restored. It took four years and they brought it back to the family. And Tom Cotter, who I know you know well, the barn find hunter said, you know, these automobiles are a great excuse to tell human interest stories, which is sort of what this MGB was. And then the other one you pointed out is also on Haggerty Media. So you can just go to Haggerty.com and you could see this stuff. This was a cool thing, this Jeep. Uh, did you know this Jeep pickup existed? You know, I had actually seen a couple of. Oh, uh, Dave, you've seen everything. Is there anything? Can I surprise you with anything anymore? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Oh. Uh, that check for a million dollars, that would totally <laughs> surprise me. And, and it would also shut me up for, you know, uh, probably the rest of my life. So, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to know. No, but there's, I, I, <laughs> my passion is weird cars. You know that. I love weird cars. Um, you know, any, right. anybody who's owned a Brubaker box, I, I, I generally win the bet at the bar about who's owned the weirdest cars. Fair so, enough. But anyhow, uh, uh, this isn't all that weird. It just happened to be a, a, a Jeep that was a, that was a pickup truck. It was a kind of a, you know, one of these extended cab type of Jeeps. Yeah, an early one. And uh, yeah, uh, 90, uh, uh, 77 uh, J10 extended cab. But I've seen I've seen a, a Jeep pickup, but I've never seen an extended cab before. I will oh. say that. So, okay, so we did we did bring we did teach you something. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That you know, good. So. I feel a little better. Anyhow, uh, th th this guy bought the thing, bought the thing new, and his uh, uh, his grandkids restored it. Uh, what a great family story. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you know, hanging around cars long enough, you do meet some of these people who have that kind of passion, and here's what it is, and that's a family passion. So you know, we need to celebrate this even more. Yeah, it's super fun. They had something special. They had an early extended cab pickup, which back in the 70s weren't a thing. They were all like, you know, really uh, tight beds. Had the little jump seats. 
And uh, as we know, the Jeep pickup community is passionate. Might be small, but man, they're pretty passionate people. So they're all excited to see it exist. And so super fun on HaggertyMedia.com. Let's move on to our opening bid segment, Dave. This is where we talk about cars that have sold. And you've highlighted it just a. We're going to stay on the pickup for a second. It's a 1999 Ford Ranger XLT 4x4. And um, tell us what 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 caught your eye about this one? Hey, this was on cars and bids. And, you know, we've talked about your Toyota pickup before. This was, you know, obviously the competitor. Um, this is a 4x4. It's a V6 four-wheel drive, obviously. Again, accident-free car report. I'm not going to say the car didn't have any rust because they've made mention of some surface rust at the very least. Uh-huh, boy. Uh, but at uh, the kind of money this sold for, $8,500, uh, you know, at $8,500, the challenge would be to find anything that runs these days for $8,500. Yeah. Uh, I'm, can, I, can I pull some appraiser BS on you here right now? Uh, that's why you're here. All right. So pickup trucks have what we call value in use. Now, cars have value in place, but value in use. So what does that mean? Just what you think it might mean. When you have a pickup truck, number one, you have more friends because they know they can borrow your pickup truck or they can borrow you in the pickup truck to move that bed or to do whatever. Sure, sure. Pickup trucks, and, and check me on this now. You'll never find a pickup truck going for 500 bucks. They kind of bottom out at 1500 bucks because if you can get it across the street, it's worth it to somebody if they have it for their, you know, for their yard truck in their landscape business or whatever, where you might find an old Honda that's, you know, rusted out all the way through or something for 500 bucks. The low, low price, I think on a, a, you know, a giveaway pickup truck is, is, is three times that. So, but anyhow, this has a lot of, uh, a lot of use left in it. It's 97,000 miles, which is hardly, uh, you know, all worn out. Um, it's got some good things and some bad things about it. It's certainly not a show truck, but for 9,500, let's sell or I'm sorry, 8,500. Yeah. That, let's I celebrate. Mean, the big difference, my, I had a 92 Toyota pickup and, you know, uh, th- it's just the reliability problem. You know, that V6 motor was never, um, awesome engine. It's got the automatic transmission. I don't know if they were good or not, but yeah, I get it. Nice, cheap truck for 8,500 bucks. looks pretty solid. So there's still stuff out there to be found. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? You think the person who bought this is like an enthusiast type, or do you think they're just like, I just want a cheap pickup? You know, I was thinking about this. It's funny you asked that. Yeah. Remember when we used to call things chick magnets and we now call them <laughs> guy magnets and chick magnets? If you were a younger lady or a younger man, single, maybe in your 20s, I can't imagine a better car to roll up to a party in than this thing. Um, it says a lot about who you are. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not you're not putting on airs in this thing. You're just an honest individual. So I'm going to call this a uh, a babe magnet to make it, uh, you know, either sex or uh, whatever. Uh, you know, if you're if you uh, if you want to look better, uh, drive this thing. Where so, were you when I was single? I could have used this advice, Dave. I really could have. But uh, well, I had a monster rotary power pickup truck back when I was single. So uh, oh. I, did, I did realize the power of that, even though uh, nobody knew what a rotary <laughs> power pickup truck was back then. I got it. Okay, the next one we're we're totally switching gears from a uh, a utilitarian pickup to a really pricey, exciting, beautiful Italian sports car. It's a 1971 Ferrari Dino 246 GT. It sold for 356,000 on Bring a Trailer. This was like a week ago. I think I know why you were interested in this sale, but why don't you tell us? Okay, so everybody's talking about how, you know, Dinos are on the rocket sled to Mars. They're mm-hmm. going to be worth 
all this money. I mean, yeah. all this money. And there is bull market car. We know it, right? You you yes, picked sir. one. Yeah. Yes, okay. sir. Well, this thing had 28,000 views on Bring a Trailer. This is the M series, an early one, a 1971 Dino. It's a GT, which means it's a coupe, not a GTS, which is the Spider. It's a color change car. It's got an okay interior. This is no, you know, primo car in the most beautiful color ever with, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know not bad. the doors were hung by Enzo himself, you know, all that sort of <laughs> stuff that goes along with it. This is not that car. We have these cars in the price guide currently for 640000 Yeah. Down to three hundred and sixty, And this car slipped in below our four price. By $4,000. So it's a couple fours there. It's below our four for $4,000. Now, this was not a, like I said, not a show car. It, you know, everybody had comments on it and bring a trailer like they always do. The interior is wrong. Let's put it that way. There's got and, a lot. And of not pretty. It's not pretty. No, it's not. But, uh, you know, hey, if you're looking for a, a Dino and you want to have one, uh, this was your this was your chance to get in at the low, low, low side. It's better than a four. So let's say it was well bought. How's that? So, um, yeah, it's better than a number four condition. So this suggests, you know, some of the excitement about the Dino is rightly cooled off. I mean, these are beautiful cars, but they're V6 powered. They're small and cramped and, you know, all the reasons. This one I thought was interesting, too, that it was so cheap because it's a hardtop. And yeah. uh, I prefer those better. Was there something that you see, you know, let's put on your appraiser expertise. I was the paint like eh, as a bad paint job. Was there I mean, the interior, I get it. It's ugly, but that's a ten thousand dollar fix. Like what anything else jumped out at you is like, yeah, there's some big problems in this thing. Well, one of the one of the lessons I wanted to, to to get to, and of course we've been talking about this so long, it's been ten years now that we've been talking about this, that the really, really nice cars that are ready to go bring all the money. And the cars with the yeah, but it needs a and yeah, but it needs a and you know, yeah, you could probably do this to it, are not bringing the money. Why is that? Because this is a point and shoot time of everybody's life. They want to just point at it, click the button, shoot and buy it. They don't want a car that they're going to have to do the interior on later or do the paint on or whatever. So um, I think there's an opportunity here for those that think that the Dino market is going to stay as strong as it was. I'm not convinced. Um, you know, well, they, I, they made a lot of them, right? Do you have a sense of how many 246 GTs are out there? I don't know, but I do know that the Daytona, which was made at the same time. Yeah. Anybody my age is shaking their head that the Daytona is worth less than the than the Dino. Yeah, V twelve stick, it's car yeah. cannonball run car. I mean, come on. Yeah, I well, I'm I'm glad to see that you're at least uh, you know having my back here on this because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I I really don't get it. I love the fact that the Dino appeals to a younger buyer. I love the fact that people are interested in it. I love the fact that it has great crossover with the nine eleven crowd, uh, and all those things are great, but. But more money than a Daytona, I, I'm never going to get that. Okay, Dave, I'm going to put in a plug, personal plug. This is what I don't understand. I get it. These Dinos are gorgeous. It was the first to wear the Dino name, which, as we know, was uh, Enzo's son, who passed away tragically early. This was not a thrown-away sub-brand. Enzo cherished this name and gave it on a car that he thought was worthy. The next car, the one I have, is a 308 GT4. That has a Ferrari V8. This 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 Dino that sold that V6 is shared with Fiat, right? So it's not even a special Ferrari engine. They only made 1,700 of the GT4s, and they're like one of the cheapest Ferraris you can buy. 
And I right. think it all comes down to just the styling, right? Yeah, I think I think you know. Look, I not how how mean can I be to your? Go uh, for it, go for it. I love it, man. The more you hate, you bring on. I, I just feed off it, Dave. Okay, one square it. and one is actually styled. Okay, so you know, let's just stay at that one. So you know, one one still has the box that it came in, and one has uh, interesting styling. So just kidding. I like I like the GT. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I love it. What an entry point into owning a Ferrari. I think your point's well taken. I, I would rather have your car than a, a Mondial, to be real honest with you. So, uh, um, you know, they, that's why they make different cars, and that's why different things appeal to different people. There's no right. There's no wrong. Well, just, this oh, is going to be – this. I would think this sale, you know, since you do the Haggerty price guide, right? You guys are always looking at the values you have in there. Are they right? Are they wrong? They need adjustment. This will sort of kind of get your your radar up that maybe we should be watching the Dino market, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we yeah. have been constantly watching the market. But this was on Bring a Trailer, which is a platform that, like I said, 28,000 yeah. 28, views on this thing. I think there were like 4,000 watches or something like that. People that's a lot, right? Yeah, that's a lot. And so uh, I think that the, the market has spoken and it said, you know what, on a on a. I'm not going to damn this car by calling it mediocre, but on a less than perfect car, this is what people are willing to pay right now. And that, and that's where we start. That's where we, uh, you know, we glean this information and we turn it into numbers. So you can expect some movement this, uh, this October 1st, when the new price guide comes out. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those, uh, the Haggerty bull market is something we put together every year. We're actually going to go shoot the 24 edition this weekend. Uh, super secret list. I know, you know, it, Dave, you can't tell anybody, you know, we'll have to, That'd be bad if you did. But anyway, it's in my safe uh, that I, I bought from uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera with, uh, <laughs> once he finished the uh, Al Capone thing. So it's, it's locked in there now. So the Dino 246 was on it two years ago. And, oh, and did it go on a rocket sled since then? So we were right. Yep. But now it may be correcting again, perhaps. Yeah. Hey, listen, that happens. Larry, we could talk about this for the rest of the day. That happens all the time. <laughs> Somebody sells a name your product. Yeah. And everybody goes crazy and says, wait a minute, I got one of those in the back of the shop. Maybe it's time to restore it. So everybody goes out and restores it. A year and a half later, they all come on the market at the same time. And guess what? There were 30 people who wanted them, not 300. But right now there's 150 of them on the market. So, well, know, all right. And again, totally. Thanks for the background. Uh, the next car. This is really interesting. I consider you, Dave, a man of champagne taste. <laughs> but this edition, you are really bringing the bargains. Tell us about this car. Yeah, I love this. It's a uh, BMW Z3 Roadster, a 1.9 liter, early one, 1998. Uh, sold on cars and bids for $6,600. And I mean, there is nothing really wrong with this thing. I, you know, it didn't have an automatic. It Except had that it's a Z3. Pardon me? Except that it's a Z3. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. All right. Keep going. No. I'm sorry. That was so rude, Dave. Keep going. I'm sorry. 79,000 miles. So not hateful miles, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, price guide. You want to know the price guide values? Are you ready? I, sir? That's why you're here. What do you got? Number one value on this car is 32,400. A number four value is 8,300. This sold for two grand less. Than our number four value. Yeah, somebody got a bargain, is what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Again, you know, cars and bits, big, uh, you know, very successful website. They do this stuff all the time. 
Uh, this one, I think, is a car that got away. Maybe I should have called you when I saw this because, you know, this is one we could have split for 3300 each. I, could, I couldn't do it. I'm glad you didn't call me. I, like, I drove these cars extensively. Oh, you're, you're, you're a hater. I am. You remember when we came out, when these came yeah. out, right? Because they were in the James Bond movie. They're oh, gorgeous. Yeah. The styling is like, wow. Okay, the Miata is awesome to drive, but it, it really had an unfortunate reputation as a, uh, uh, yeah, it just didn't feel very like a uh, masculine car. And here comes this BMW Roadster that fixed all that, except, I mean, they missed all the driving dynamics. That motor is just a, I mean, it is a snail. Um, and I, I just, they don't handle well. The motor has no energy to it. I mean, they got a lot better when they put the straight six in it. Uh, but these early ones with the four cylinder, there is some to like about them, but just from the driving dynamics, I just was never a fan. Wow. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how do you like that? <laughs> I mean, no. well, the, the, the belt line's low. It is a nice car to cruise in. It, 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 it is quite nice quality BMW wise, but I, I just, they, they left me totally cold. Yeah. I think that, you know, you could just drive around, uh, uh, drive around Ann Arbor in this and kind of showboat. I think this, this, I think the car's for you, but, uh, you know, I guess you're wrong again. I still, I still have a, uh, um, I have a 90 and 89, uh, no, sorry, 91 Miata. And I just took it out on Saturday night. I haven't been out in it forever. Just took a ride in the country. It's, uh, it's got 105,000 miles on it. The paint's all sun faded. I mean, that car is so brilliant. I mean, it, it is my son, even, even my son says uh, he feels happier when he gets out of it than he does when he gets in it. And he's only oh, 20 that's days. Driving. That's why he's happy to get out of it. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, look, between a $6,600 Mazda Miata and this car for 6,600, I would go for the Miata myself, except for one thing. I what? can't fit the Miata. I'm too big for it. I, you know, oh, I, that's a good point. So, so, I mean, you know, this would be, it's not a Miata. It's not as fun as Miata. I mean, I agree with you on so many points on this car, but yeah. it is a fun car for somebody who just wants, uh, you know, a roadster to drive in the summertime. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never, we're going to never going to win the drag late. Uh, I mean, the stoplight Grand Prix on this, but you know, that's okay. Okay. The next car, I'm, I'm so bummed what it went for. Uh, and thanks for putting this on the list, Dave. It was a 1968 Ford Mustang fastback. But it's been restored to a really, really high level. Uh, maybe you call it a bullet tribute car, you know, in the, yeah. in, the, in the Highland green paint and all that stuff from the movie Bullet. It sold for one hundred and forty three thousand. Um, you know, Dave, if I could start off, th there's nothing to not like about this thing. The the bullet styling, I just thought was super cool. And um, I like the fastback tail. I guess to me, somebody bought a great car for way less than it would cost to build it. Is that your, is that what you oh. think? Oh man, this car has the Dynacorn Repro body on it. Okay. Is, is that so good or bad? It's a fresh body. Look, I mean, if you're going to do a bullet, you you know, you, you don't have to worry about the originality anymore. So I'm going to call it good. Okay. Um, you know, you know that it's not rusty somewhere where it's hidden or something like that. So that's good. Um, this car was done in England. Yeah. 
And I mean, it was, you know, I mean, somebody spent a ton of pounds on it before somebody else spent a ton of dollars on it, I guess. It's a Tremec five-speed manual. It's just yeah. the way you want it. It's Highland Green, uh, you know, uh, sold in Emeryville, which is, of course, across from San Francisco. So it's got the, you know, it's got the cred of being a, uh, you know, uh, a hometown bullet, let's say that. Yeah. Um, I think this thing was cheap and, you know, you can't find a good, um, uh, Ford Mustang fastback right now, 66, 67, I'm sorry, 67, 68, 69. They're impossible to find, especially seven and eight. And, uh, I mean, they're just not out there anymore. They made thousands and thousands of them, but I don't know what happened to them. They've become bullets. They've become Eleanor's. They're sitting in somebody's garage somewhere underneath this car. looks as good as, uh, you know, as, uh, as on top you can, you know, in the, in the, uh, listing, they show the, the body in white, uh, you yeah. know, the, new fresh body so $200,000 worth of work done between 2018 and 2023 um so somebody got a, a bargain on a done car and i think that's great i feel all the pangs of like want and desire with this one i really do i don't know why is it the movie what is it am i what am i missing here i guess the some of the times the tribute cars I'm a big fan of tribute cars. I don't want the real one. The real one's what five million bucks, and it's all rusty. Yeah. So, I mean, and this thing has air conditioning. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you want it? Yeah, yeah, and the Tremec. I mean, a five-speed. Come five on, five-speed. Yeah, yeah. I had one um, that uh, a friend of Colin Comer's built. I had a '65 Mustang, and it had been made up, sort of resto modded to be like a Shelby Mustang, and it had this cracker of a motor. It had like 450 horsepower. And it was so cool. It really was. But you just couldn't use it. Or at least I couldn't. Like, you know, it's just like go to Cars and Coffee and back. And I just I couldn't justify keeping it. But this one looks like you could actually use it and go places and enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's really good chance, uh, you know, if you're in a major city and you put it out there that you're going to get this car used in a commercial. Or, uh, you know, maybe a photo shoot <laughs> or something like that, because it's such an iconic car. You know, if you had some, you know, great new, you know, men's cologne or something like that, you'd want to have, you know, that good looking guy in front of a uh, bullet, wouldn't you? So uh, I, I think there's I think there's opportunities to uh, monetize this car. So that's a good one, too. And um, let's go to the last one in our opening bid segment. And this is this car got a really strong price, I thought. It was a 1995 Dodge Stealth RT Turbo that sold for just under $22,000 on the Haggerty.com marketplace. Um, I thought this was a crazy big, strong sale. Did you, you agree? I, that's why I put it here. I thought it was a really good thing to see because I think this car sold strong at, at 22 grand. Okay, a, a few bucks shy of $22,000. Uh, looks like a pretty decent car. I'm not, you know, not a fanboy all the way through on these cars. This is a 57,000 kilometer car, which is what, uh, 30 some odd thousand miles on it. Uh, had some good drive around videos with it and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think it did very well. I'm surprised it did this well, considering it wasn't the top, um, you know, no. these were kitchen sink cars, right? Yeah. Um, back yeah. in the day, they had every bit of dude eye you could think of. Double or red cams, twin turbos, four-wheel drive, four-wheel steering, electron, blah, 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 blah. And this car doesn't have all of that stuff. Maybe that people thought it was better because it was simpler, but that's why I was a little surprised it didn't. It went so strong. $22,000 is big money for something like this, isn't it? It's got a good background, too. Yeah, it is. It was a one-owner Canadian delivery vehicle purchased yeah. and still owned by a retired Stellantis Canada executive. Now, 
he was a he was not a Stellantis executive when he retired uh, or when he owned this car. He's a Chrysler executive, right? Or uh, you know, uh, one of the iterations of Chrysler. So Daimler Chrysler may be uh, executive when he owned this. So right. anyhow, one owner car, uh, the one you want to buy. And I think it brought to, uh, brought the money it should have brought. Do you I, think, you know, this is a twin to the Mitsubishi 3000. So it's the same car. One's badged a Dodge, one's badged a Mitsubishi. Does the value uh, typically change depending on the manufacturer in oh, front yeah, of the? Absolutely. Oh, it does. Absolutely. And you'll find that throughout brands. I mean, you have, uh, uh, you know, everything from almost identical uh, Camaro and uh, Firebird. The Firebird usually brings less. A Mustang and a Cougar. The Cougar usually brings less, even though it's more expensive when new. Uh, oh. I, you know, I don't make these rules up and I think they're silly, but uh, I think the, the Mitsu is going to bring more than a Dodge. When somebody's shopping, when they go looking, they're probably going to start with Mitsu and then if they didn't know already, they discovered it's a Dodge, but it's kind of cooler maybe for some people to have a Mitsu than a Dodge. I tell you what, I love when you're just like, you, you, you're not like hedging. You're just like, yes, absolutely. Some brands are worth more than others. Dodge worth more than Mitsubishi though. Ooh. No, Mitsubishi worth more than Dodge. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it is dark. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, thanks for bringing all those cars up to our attention. They're super interesting, and I'm totally with you. There's so many interesting and fun cars out there for not a lot of money. Um, so especially now in the fall, typically the fall is a good time to buy because the season's over, right? The car right. has to be in storage a lot of times. So are you sensing some of that out there, like there are some good deals to be had? Well, I think uh, this is probably the best year in three uh, to look for deals. Uh, you know, the pandemic year, uh, you know, when we had all that, cars got very expensive. Uh, they didn't come down in price until, let's say, start of the summertime uh, in 2023. So I think there's some great bargains out there. I think a lot of people are good. Yeah, being a little bit more realistic uh, about some of the cars they bought during the pandemic or some of the cars that they just have out there as extra cars. It's time for people to get rid of them, and it uh, makes for a good time to buy. So I'm, I'm going to call this buying season. We're not going to call it autumn anymore. We're going to call it buying season. How's can we that? just can we use that headline? Best time to buy in three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I I missed one that you highlighted. That's another really screaming bargain that I actually think is going to be a huge investment, and that's also on the Haggerty Marketplace. It's an eight thousand mile two thousand and four Chevy Monte Carlo supercharged SS Intimidator version. Um, it sold for just under 11,000 bucks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable deal, right? Yeah. No, this thing was the smoking deal of the week. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't have any room for it. It's a Monte Carlo that was made honoring, uh, you know, NASCAR, NASCAR legends. This one, uh, you know, Dale senior supercharged SS Monte Carlo. And this thing brings 11 grand. What the hell are they thinking? This is great. This well, is a great buy. I'm sorry I missed it. I don't have room for it, but I'm sorry I missed it anyway. Yeah, because anything Earnhardt is just going to be gold, right? He's our Elvis. At, at Earnhardt? You mean Dale, Dale. right? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, Who, I mean, is there another one? No, there isn't. There's Dale's only one. Or Dale, or Dale Jr. You don't need a last name with Dale. Come on. <laughs> uh, it did it hurt that the, the, the platform this is on is a very... Oh, you know, not a very sporting platform. It's front wheel drive. It's automatic. You know, it's not a V8. It does hurt it a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But did I tell you this was an eight 
thousand mile car. Yeah. I mean, if we if we took it in the wayback machine, it would still be under warranty, right? I mean, because you know, it, it's not it's not a magic thirty six thousand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it had a, look for eleven grand. You can't beat it. You no. just beat it. so. All right, everybody, get out there shopping. We're gonna we're gonna uh, now switch gears to our kicking tires. These are stuff that's for sale now. What we've just highlighted is Dave said this is buying season. So um, there's a lot of bargains to be had if you're watching and looking and. Um, one that has come up is also on our bull market list. Uh, I want to say two years, no, maybe three years ago, is a '92 Buick Roadmaster Estate Wagon. It's on the Haggerty Marketplace right now. The high bid is only three thousand bucks. Tell us why you put this on there. It's a road monster. Come on, I mean, what could be better? It even has the name. It is the master of the road. And it's a wagon. Look, you can fit sheets of plywood in the back of this thing and close the tailgate after you leave, uh, you know, the uh, big box store. So it's got all kinds of value in use. So there's, I'm using that again. Plus, it's the coolest thing in the world. Plus, it has the extra tacky uh, you know, wood paneling all the way, or faux wood paneling, obviously, all the way around. It is a thing. It's a creature from another planet. Yeah. It, world and at three thousand dollars come on guys somebody go bid thirty five hundred forty five hundred you know what this thing's in is in the price guide now this is not a number one it's probably you know four ish a four is seventy three hundred in the price guide oh yeah this could be a deal thirty five k come on yeah so we had on the bull market list in twenty nineteen yeah. And we said this was going to be uh, an appreciating car or stay flat, not really going to depreciate. At this money, uh, you're good all day long. This is here in Michigan. It has the third row seating that folds down. Mm-hmm. It has the 350 V8, 5.7 liter V8, you know. And, you know, this is the era when uh, GM's maybe trim and interior wasn't the best, but mechanically, <laughs> these cars are super reliable. Yeah, so there's not a lot of risk in this one is that would be my hunch. Um, what do you think? Well, I, you know, you, you hear people who have like a, you know, a nine year old or an eight year old kid and they say, well, I need something that I can haul the team around. You can haul the team around yeah. the coaches and put all the equipment on the roof and tie it down. I mean, this thing's got as much uh, inside of it as a suburban. Any suburban does probably in terms of cubic meters of space. Uh, and uh, it's almost free. Okay, it's got 150,000 miles. That's nothing for these big American tanks. Yeah, but it is. Uh, I've got some some buddies. I should just buy this thing actually because yeah, I think it's in Michigan. It's in Rochester. It's, it's Hill. Rochester Hills. Yeah, yeah, I've got you know. Um, Look at, and that's a that's a classy address, right? So the guys, you know, probably taking care of it, right? Totally. That's right near Auburn Hills where Chrysler is headquartered. But um, I went cross country with three other guys in a Jeep Cherokee. And that thing was like the sardine can. Right. And uh, there's talk. Everybody wants to redo the trip now that our kids are grown. And this would be the car. So I'm going to be watching this one. Each of you gets a row of seating. How's that? <laughs> I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, totally cool. Uh, why don't you tell, take us through the next one that's caught our eye? Uh, on the MB market, we've got a Mercedes-Benz that's currently up for 11500 It's an E320 wagon with 44000 Now, Now, okay, when was the last time you saw one of these with under 100,000 yeah. miles on it? 
It's a 94 with 44,000 miles. So our, okay, our, uh, our mileage queens, we need you all to get out there and take a look at this. 11,500 right now ends in seven days from right now. So that's what, uh, next Wednesday, the 27th. Oh, so boy. hopefully you've been, uh, you're hearing it now. You're, you're looking at it. Go take a look at this on the MB market. I love the car. Clean California history, black, black. I mean, you know, what's wrong with this? So I- I'm great. getting twitchy, twitchy mouse fingers with this oh, car. Wait a minute. Black with gray. I'm sorry. The MB text, which you want in one of these. So you definitely want MB text. You don't want leather. Uh, this is like uh, the best era for Mercedes design. You know, that that this era, I think Walter De Silva was a designer. You know, like, I, I, would say, I would say the pre-war Mercedes SSK might beat this. But yeah, OK, contemporary era. OK, but th- this is like the last of the Mercedes that really had that solid, solid feel. They were overbuilt. They were yep. too expensive. I don't, I, you know, this, this is one of the cars you always hear, like probably bankrupted the company because they were so expensive to make. But this is when Mercedes was, you know, really trying to be that standard of the world. And uh, the thing with these cars, I, I've loved the shape. I've gone to drive a couple of them to buy, not the wagon version, but a sedan. And I think the thing people need to know is don't, while they look like a German sporting sedan, they are not. These are comfortable cruisers right absolutely um you know i you know don't 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 damn it without any sportiness at all because it's got a little road feel to it and it's not bad but it's a wagon uh you know we've got two wagons in a row here we got the americans and what they did in 92 (laughs) (laughs) they did in 94 oh my goodness there's a difference between these two cars oh my goodness but uh, at eleven five, it's free. So go ahead and buy it. This okay, is the one to have. Yeah. The, the only downside of this is that you're only going to uh, devalue it by using it. Right. So you have to get it so yeah. cheap you don't care. Well, I mean, you know, somebody like you with all the money in the world, what do you care? Just put another hundred <laughs> grand on it. You know, you'll sell it for, you know, for pennies on the dollar. That's uh, true. You know, whatever. I could just, I could just no, that. I, but I, you know, I wouldn't say I'd use this as my daily. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, what a neat car to have to, uh, I mean, let's in, even now when you pull up in this people, uh, people who are car people are going to notice, but 10 years from now, everybody's going to notice when you're driving this thing, because it's just, it's got such the coolness factor. I'm going to try and not say long roof, but yeah, I'm just going to have to say it. It's a long roof, which they don't have any more of, or very, very few are being made. So it's got all that stuff going for it. Totally cool. Okay, the next car is something a little more my speed. This is not an auction. It's on the Haggerty Marketplace, uh, which also has just straight up listings. This is a really neat car. It's a 61 um, Austin Healey, or I guess it's a Bug Eye Sprite. And (laughs) this was converted into a Sports Car Club of America race car and it raced in a class called h production or hp and um according to the seller it actually was a national championship car so quite a good bit of history here what do you like about this thing well what i really like is this thing has just been redone it's only had three weekends use since a ground up restoration in 2020 so here you have for thirty nine thousand five hundred dollars 
a pittance when it comes to going racing, as anybody who's ever been racing knows. I, you know, it's like you have to give up all of your drug addictions and uh, everything else when you go racing and cancel every subscription you have. You won't be watching Netflix, so go ahead and cancel it when you buy a race car. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just think for, for the kind of money represented here for under 40 grand, it's point and shoot, ready to go racer. Uh, you know, these bug eye sprites, uh, uh, you, you brought up Colin Comer, his wife, Kena, uh, has been killing it in a bug eye sprite racing, uh, you know, mostly in uh, Midwestern tracks. They're, they're capital F fun to drive. Uh, and this thing's been, you know, not only was a, a was a competitive car beforehand, uh, and a winning car, but it's got the ability to do it again because it's re been re-restored. It's beautiful. Yeah, it looks like whoever restored it really uh, did it with a lot of care, and they really loved it. And, you know, what an interesting um, piece of history uh, from the early days of the Sports Car Club of America where they really leaned on these light and um, plentiful British roadsters so that people could go racing on the track, which is kind of what this thing was. And so there's a big, big community of folks who know how to keep these things running. Yeah. And I think uh, one of us, not you, not me this time, but one of us has got to grab this thing for 39.5. It's uh, it's buying season. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Did I say it's also the best time to buy a car in the last three years? So, uh, you know, both of those things have come together now. Uh, and it's time for somebody to go out and buy this thing because it's just, you know, it's not an auction. It's available for sale. It's right here in Sterling, Virginia. You know, drive it by my office when you're done. <laughs> show it to me. And, you know, it, you don't want to have license plates on it or anything like that. So uh, I'll know you're outside when, uh, you know, you rev it up in front of my office. Yeah. I mean, these were really uh, inexpensive roadsters back in the day, right? They had tiny oh, little. Throw away. They were right. So yeah. They're not even one liter motors and yeah. um, big, big community. Austin Healy is a great name. Bug Eye Sprite with that kind of styling, a lot of fun. But let's switch gears and go into the modern era. I've been sort of watching these cars, Dave. You pointed out this 2004 Mazda RX-8 that's on the Haggerty auction sites. If you go to Haggerty.com and just click on the marketplace, you'll find it. Um, it's an RX-8 that looks to be just about in perfect condition. This Mazda, these were the last of the rotary-powered cars. This is an engine that doesn't use pistons to make power. Uh, these were an, an attempt to broaden the appeal of the RX-7. So they made an RX-8. It had rear seats and sort of half doors. And they just never caught on. But they're such cool cars, don't you think? Yeah, this one's modified. And uh, it's got a lot of fun stuff, uh, you know, in terms of uh, performance tricks that have been done to it. Uh, but it's still a very, very nice looking car at eighty-one, eighty-one, eighty-one hundred and eighty-one dollars right now. Forty-one thousand four hundred and eighty-eight miles. I think these cars have a lot of room. Uh, this car, I think, was owned by a uh, person who was. Uh, I might be wrong about this. You know, I looked at a whole bunch of. Mazda's the other day. Um, no, I was wrong about that. I was thinking this was owned by a guy who had a uh, a Mazda tuning business. I don't think this is the one. Uh, but uh, you know, come on, it was. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm going to take that back. It was owned by the owner of uh, Mazcare in Georgia, um, and so he, and he did some of the modifications. So uh, a car that you know, instead of just a a guy throwing every package on it that he could, uh, you know, that he could buy. I think this is a little bit different than that. This is a guy who probably tested and approved everything before he put it on it. Black, black, great looking car. I think uh, RX-8s have a lot of room to go. And at 81, 81, come on, it's still free. I mean, um, I remember driving these cars back in the day. The chassis is like, it's it's almost one of the best road car chassis you could 
you could drive. Really supple, uh, very connected. You get a fantastic road feel. They have these, uh, the little, it's almost like a triangle that is the shape of the rotor that spins to make the power. That is the shape of the shifter. And it's like a Miata style gearbox or an S2000, really nice thing to shift. So, you know, when Mazda um, sends their mind to it, they can make a really fantastic driver's car. The thing that people, I think, didn't like about this car was compared to its predecessor called the FDRX7, this didn't have turbos and it was a lot slower. However, as you know, 238 horsepower is enough. It revs to 9,000. And on the road, how much do you need? I mean, you're buzzing this thing all over the place with its own fun, and you're not you're not breaking the speed limit. <laughs> yeah, well, you you certainly can, but uh, no, there's so much to be said for the RX-8. I think the styling is off-putting to some people, certainly yeah. as to me. Uh, you know, and and the RX-7 has proven that uh, you know Mazdas are collectible cars uh, because every generation of the RX-7 is collectible. So I, I think we can probably see that in the future even more so with the uh uh well not more so than the rx7 but continuing the the theme with the rx8 i've had three rx7s and um my son and i have been looking at these rx8s because they are cheap they are fun the the thing that i haven't really worked out is and this has probably been addressed but i remember when they were new and um this was when mazda and ford were tied up so a lot of people here in the motor city that worked at ford got rx8s Mm-hmm. And the story was, especially on cooler mornings, if the car started, but then stalled before it warmed up, you were calling the dealer to come get it. You were never <laughs> going to start it again. <laughs> so there was some unfortunate reliability issues uh, with that motor. Um, so, but I'm you sure know, that's I, been addressed. I had a bunch of earlier Mazdas. I had uh, RX2, RX3, and then, like I said, I had two of those rotary pickup trucks, and I never really had any drivability problem at all. I, as a matter of fact, I was a college student when I had my uh, rotary pickup, so you know that I had to cut corners in terms of uh, uh, if anything was going to break, but I never had any, anything break on it. I was the first owner of it. I bought the car new. Damn. It was a, a leftover. It was like a uh 72 no it's a 73 that i bought in 75 uh they couldn't sell them back then so and yeah i don't even tell you what i paid for it it was well, so cheap. i mean nobody wants to you know worry about going to the local mechanic and they can't fix it like what is this thing so you know thanks to the internet and the forum there's uh there's a big community of rxa owners so this thing's largely figured out but it does i mean it, it's a great ending to this whole episode dave where you know we just illustrated how much fun and interesting cars can be had for a lot less than a new car. You know, the average price of a new car is $48,000. I got and one for you. We just talked about a whole boatload of cars. Yeah. The entire value of everything we talked about didn't even approach a million dollars. So, I mean, we, we avoided the talking about million-dollar cars, but you could buy every car that we talked about for a million dollars and probably have enough to pay for a new garage to put them in. Well, uh, listen, Dave, I, I didn't even thought about seven figures, but I know how big Papa rolls. That's just a dime to you. So that's always uh, your relative thing. So that's nice to know. But yeah, I agree. Lots of great bargains out there. Um, we're going to wrap this up. It's been super fun talking about it. I Like I said, I got an itchy finger to bit on some of these things. Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely time to be a keyboard warrior. That rainy day coming up, uh, yeah, whatever. It's time to go look at cars. Uh, that are available to sell uh, or for you to buy 
Uh, I'm going to double down, triple down, quadruple down on the fact that if you're looking, now's the time to uh, to press the button. Probably now till the end of the year. Uh, Maybe you've got all of uh, all the springtime to do it, too. But every day you get closer to spring, convertibles are worth more and they sell faster. Totally. Okay, I'm going to add thank you for listening. Please rate us and share us um, whatever podcast platform you're watching. It really helps people find it. Definitely check out Haggerty Media and at Haggerty.com and also on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to support us, consider joining the Drivers Club, and that's also at Haggerty.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Haggerty's No Reserve. Thank you.